The following is a presentation of WAER Sports, the original home of the Orangemen. That was parents' weekend. I'll be honest, I told them, guys, you came to a great game. You're going to see undefeated defending national champion number two Clemson. Syracuse is having a decent year by our standards. That's the voice of Evan Stockton, Syracuse class of 2018. Clemson will probably be up like 35-7 at halftime. And then after the game, we can go get a nice dinner. It'll be no problems. And then I start calling the first half. Dungey takes the shotgun snap. Sets up a screen near side to Strickland. Broke a tackle. He's in the open field with the convoy heading to the end zone for a Syracuse touchdown. Dante Strickland needed to break one tackle. He broke one tackle. And Syracuse strikes first. And my mind goes, huh, interesting. This is kind of close. And then Clemson scores. And then Syracuse scores a, a long, deep touchdown pass. Dungey takes the snap. Play action fake. Looks middle. Throws middle. Earl Phillips is wide open. He can run untouched to the end zone. Syracuse touchdown. 66 yards. And I'm thinking, what in the world is happening here? Is this thing going to happen? Are they, are they actually going to beat number two defending national champion Clemson? And of course, you know, Eric picks up that first down to win the game at the very end. Place goes nuts. Everyone's streaming the field. And I'll never forget texting my parents. We were actually going to go to the great Tully's to get some chicken tenders after the game. And I told them, guys, this is one of those nights that you've just got to experience as a college student. So they went off and ate dinner. I went over to Castle Court. Then Jake and I went to Harry's and they literally turned the lights out, turned the lights up on us. It was 3.30 in the morning, they turned the lights up. You never want to see what the Florid Harry's looks like after a long night of debauchery. It was disgusting. It's true, you never know when a night will start in the WAER booth at the Dome and end staring at the floor of Harry's. Welcome to Talk Back. I'm Cooper Boardman, and this week we're hosting a class reunion. I'm talking with three WAER alums from 2018. That's Evan, who you just heard, along with Maura Sheridan and Jake Marsh. Today, we're learning what it's like to be two years out of school, right in the middle of a pandemic. All three of them, Evan, Maura, Jake, graduated from SU back in 2018, and then went to work at a school. Evan's in Kalamazoo with Western Michigan University. Maura and Jake went to Burlington, Vermont, as the voices of the Vermont women's and men's basketball teams, respectively. And the best part of this episode is making everybody talk about each other. Well, Evan was pretty much the first kid I met from WAR. He, <laughs> we both lived on South sophomore year, and Though I loaded up my first semester sophomore year because I wanted to get all of those classes I didn't care about out of the way. So I was taking 18 credits and the way that worked out was those 5 a.m. times just worked a lot better for me even when I was eventually allowed to move to afternoons. So when he was on staff, he would go in at 5 a.m. So he would drive me from South because there was no bus. And obviously, so then we started becoming friends and and you know, he was one of my earliest supporters and Evan did a football game with me my senior year. And, you know, again, I've listened back to it. It wasn't great, but it was the first game I ever got to call. And he was really supportive about it. And he wasn't judging me for, you know, how raw I was and, you know, how far I had to go. Cause he was at a place that I just was not at yet. 
And I really respect him from, for that. And we stay in touch and we talk, he just did an STA thing and sent him a question. And I just think we have a really solid friendship where we support each other. And it, it really means a lot to me that he has done that because even though we're the same age, he's kind of like a mentor to me. I mean, I would ask him questions because, you know, he, he's just Evan Stockton. He's, he's extremely talented. And Jake and I just can't get away from each other. We started out, you know, obviously met sophomore year. And then when I got the UVM women's job, I think two weeks later, Jake got the UVM men's job. So he's been in my hometown, which is so weird. He's meeting like my high school friends and it's just, it's just weird, but it, it's been awesome. I think it was really helpful to have the other person there, especially for him, you know, coming to a new place. And, you know, we just support each other when, when they won and went to the NCAA tournament, I was there taking pictures for Jake and it's been great. And I'm really happy for him that he's taking that next step with Barstool because I think he just absolutely loves to do that. But um, yeah, they're two of my really good friends and I'm, I'm just glad that I, that I know them. You heard Maura talk about being in Burlington with Jake. She came home to the UVM job. Maura went to high school exactly one mile away from Vermont's campus. And this job isn't just any job. It's a place that's been a starting point for some great play-by-play broadcasters and a place with Syracuse connections. That now includes Maura Sheridan. Matt Park emailed me and he said, Hey, UVM Women's Basketball has an opening. I know the guy that hires. He went to Syracuse. So do you want this job? And I was like, of course I want this job. Um, He sent out the email, I interviewed, and I knew I had it within 24 hours. It's been a dream come true for me because I grew up going to these games. And I remember, you know, watching those teams and being obsessed with the girls on that team. Larkins in the corner, far side, trying to create some separation, driving baseline on Greffin, and she hits the layup, gets fouled. For me to get to work with, with this university that I grew up loving. It's just been really been a dream and and the perfect situation for me. Jake Marsh grew up in Florida, far away from Burlington, far away from Vermont, but he quickly became a part of the program. Tonight in the national spotlight, the Vermont Catamounts look to break even with the Retrievers. Welcome to the pregame Cataminute. This year's UVM men's team was one of the best mid-majors in the country. When the season stopped, the Catamounts were days away from playing for an America East title. That's a game they would have been heavily favored in and a chance for a second straight NCAA tournament berth. If the Catamounts got in the tournament, probably a 12 or a 13 seed, and I really, really think this would have been the year to get that marquee tournament win. It hadn't happened since 2005, and I don't think I need to remind Many of our listeners who that game came against because it aired on the WAER airwaves because Vermont upset Syracuse, Sorrentino from the parking lot, the famous call. Uh, so, yeah, I think the 2020 version of the Catamounts certainly had a, the chance to put up another big win. It's just a shame, and we're going to have to play the what if game forever now. Sports have paused, but Jake definitely hasn't. In April, Jake announced he was full-time with Barstool Sports. He entered there for a couple of years, and now... He's the Pardon My Take sports business reporter. That's the same PMT that's one of the most listened to podcasts in the nation. The Twitter bio says it all. It's stats, it's gambling, food, and everything in between. But their main reason of hiring me at first uh, was to troll Darren Ravel, where if you're in a sports journalism 
business, you of course know who he is, the guy who posts some interesting content. I personally have nothing against him, but I saw what they wanted me to do with that, and I guess they're liking where things are at right now. Yeah, I'd like it too. The at PMT Sports Biz Twitter account that Jake runs has nearly 106,000 followers as we record this. We're going to see a little bit of everything. Random sports statistics. We got John Rothstein calling Jake Marsh the future. And even a shout out from Jake to a video game version of the Syracuse football team. Again, back to the Darren Ravel thing. If you follow Darren Ravel on Twitter, he posts literally stats, gambling, food, and everything in between. So kind of your out-of-the-box sports content. Ticket prices, concessions, new food new stadium updates, a lot of gambling lines as that becomes uh, more legalized throughout the country. So that's how my role started, and I've continued to do that. But since then, to be honest, it's kind of my role has kind of expanded. Not kind of. It has expanded a lot. In a couple of weeks, we're launching this whole brand-new project uh, called Stool Streams. Uh, basically, what it's going to be is there's a ping-pong table in the office, a dartboard. Um, they got giant Jenga. they got some cornhole. And I'm going to be the play-by-play broadcaster for that. I know people might say, oh, it's not that football or basketball. But I'm approaching it. I'm going to approach every single broadcast just as seriously, just as more importantly, as I have any WAER or Vermont broadcast polishing up on the rules and the lingo and whatnot. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Jake says out-of-the-box content. That includes hashtag Jake8. Jake's 8. He's having a taste. Jake's Apes. He's putting food in his face. Jake's Apes. Yeah, this is the segment where Jake eats KFC's fried chicken and donut sandwich, where he tries the U.S. Open's loaded tater tots, and then also this story from his friend and fellow Marshall Street bar patron, Evan Stockton. I actually was visiting him for a couple of days in New York City last summer when I took a road series off from the minor league team I was working for last summer, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. And I had a meeting, I was meeting somebody down by Madison Square Garden and Jake was going right to the uh, the Penn Station there. Forgive me, I'm not a native New Yorker. I hope I'm not screwing these terms you're, up. You're good so far. Yes, and there was a Burger King right there and they had just released uh, some stupid summer giant, you know, ice cream sundae thing. He's like, you know what, I think I'm gonna eat that. And I'm gonna call it Jake 8. And I'm going to make fun of Ravel here. I said, okay, have fun. Let me know how it goes. And now it's like his premier segment. So that just goes to show Jake, Jake is creative and Jake is persistent and he's going to make something work. Evan was there for history. The first hashtag Jake ate. For Morris Sheridan, her summers have been spent far, far away from whatever that thing at Burger King was. She's been in minor league baseball. Last year for the Fayetteville Woodpeckers, the high A affiliate of the Astros. Hensley rips one into left field. It's going to drop in the corner. Costas easily rounding third. He's going to tie it up. Chandler Taylor is headed home. He's turning on the Jets and he'll tap it. No problem. Fayetteville goes up once again. David Hensley is the hero with a two RBI double. Fayetteville leads 2-1. to one. This year, she's slated to be the play-by-play broadcaster for the Lynchburg Hillcats. That's the high-A affiliate of the Cleveland Indians. In minor league baseball, in the Carolina League, our longest road trip was eight and a half hours. And, you know, we were, we were on a bus. We would have to drive to Wilmington, Delaware. And for the championship series, we drove to Wilmington, Delaware, lost, came back eight hours on the bus overnight, 
played that night another championship, you know, series game. And, and that's a lot. I think that was the biggest thing, the travel, how much it takes out of you. You just love seven game homestands, even if it means you have to work a little harder. You just love them. The chance to not be on a hot bus is pretty great. Like Mora, Evan knows that minor league experience well. He's worked for three organizations last year, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps affiliate of the Padres. This year, the Syracuse Mets. He's taken the bus rides from Morgantown to Dayton to Bowling Green. When you get into the grind of minor league baseball, yeah, there are nights, you know, you're on a bus from Dayton, Ohio, going to Comstock Park, Michigan. You haven't feel like you haven't slept for two weeks. You're in the middle of a nine game road trip and you're like, oh my God, this is a lot. I'd love an off day. I'd love a chance to just sleep a little bit, not have to worry about game notes and all these sorts of things. But I always think of when, I, when I'm doing the job, when I am on the air, whether it's on television, calling you know various things or whether I'm doing baseball on the radio, there is literally nothing else I would rather be doing. I feel like I'm flying. I feel like I'm in the zone. I'm doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing. You have to give yourself little reminders in the midst of the grind. Hey, remember why you got into this, why you're doing it. And it's a lot of fun. I do take, you know, I do take offense sometimes when people say, oh, you know, it's beats working for a living. You never work a day in your life when you're broadcasting. That's not necessarily true, especially in the minor leagues. Like you think a lot of nights when we get, we leave the ballpark at 1231 in the morning and we have to be back at 9 a.m. to start the game notes. You think that's fun? You think that's something necessarily you want to do? No, not really. But when that red light, quote unquote, turns on at seven o'clock and you're calling the first pitch of game two of a three game series between the Fort Wayne Tin Caps and the West Michigan Whitecaps or the Syracuse Mets against the Rochester Red Wings, like what else would you rather be doing in the summer? That's fun. That's the that's the good stuff right there. And the cool part is all of Evan's bus rides from now and going forward are going to eventually end in Syracuse. The next time there's a minor league season, whenever that is, he'll be one of the voices of the Syracuse Mets. Back in the place where this happened. Sets up a screen near side to Strickland. Broke a tackle. He's in the open field with the convoy heading to the end zone for a Syracuse touchdown. When I was a student, as I mentioned earlier, I interned with the Syracuse Crunch. I followed the Syracuse Chiefs at the time. Now, of course, they're the Mets. And their broadcasters, Jason Benetti, Kevin Brown, Eric Galanti, so closely. It was such a benefit as a young broadcaster. And I thought it would be damn cool someday to come back to Syracuse, whether it be with the Crunch, the Chiefs, Albemats, Syracuse University, in any way possible to come back and feel like I could give back a little bit to the next generation. Because, Cooper, you and I both know one of the great things about Syracuse, why people want to come to Syracuse, is the line of guys and girls who have come to Syracuse and done things in the industry, both on and off camera, is freaking astounding. And the fact that once you graduate, while you're still a student, they want to help. They want to help you get better. They want to help you take that next leap up in your career. Everyone jokes about the new house and WAR Mafia, but it's kind of true. And to have the chance to come back there and influence a future broadcaster in one small way or even a big way was something, you know, not just I was looking forward to, I am looking forward to because sports are going to happen again. Who knows when, two weeks, two months, 
uh, God forbid if it's two years, but whatever it does happen here, I'm really looking forward to helping out the next generation of Syracuse broadcasters as much as I can, because I think if you're a Syracuse alum, doesn't matter if you're like me and, and you still vividly remember walking up and down the hill every single day to class, or whether you're more removed from it, you take a deep pride and I have to help the next generation in line. And, and I'm, I'm honored to help in that in any way I can. We've talked to SU alums from a bunch of different eras on this podcast, from 1968 to now, 2018, and there are a few constants. One of them is the excitement you just heard in Evan's voice as he talked about coming back. The experiences and the place, they all mean something, from Marshall Street to the Dome to DJs, whether you're calling the professional games or working towards it. Thanks for joining us for our 11th episode. A reminder, subscribe to TalkBack on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, a huge thank you to the recent alums, Evan Stockton, Moore Sheridan, and Jake Marsh for their time. This was a WAER Sports Podcast produced by Carl Moglein, along with reporting from Gil Gross and Marcus Gronauer. I'm Cooper Boardman. We'll talk to you next week.